0: You're listening to the City Hope Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing, City Hope? We doing good? Yeah, it is so good to see all of you guys today. Welcome to church. If I haven't got the chance to meet you Uh, My name's Noah, and I'm the lead pastor here at City Hope. We're so glad that you spent this weekend with us. We are kicking off summer this weekend, basically. It's just a little bit early. It's all right, and so we're so excited. I hope you guys got to maybe play some games out front. If not, stick around, uh, hang out, meet somebody new uh, after service. But we're so excited uh, that you're here with us this weekend. Uh, Before I jump into the message this morning, I want to look into the camera and say hello to all of those who are watching online, on Facebook, on YouTube, on the City Hope Church app, we are so excited that you are a part of our church family on the other side of that screen. Church, one more time, would you put your hands together and make them feel welcome? And what a beautiful weekend it is. So glad that you're at church. Um, it's a special weekend for us because we're calling this uh, Next Gen Weekend, and uh, I am so excited to, I'm, I'm going to bring God's word to you this morning, but I'm also going to bring you uh, some news about this next generation uh, that I, I am so excited about. We have, we have been planning and planning and planning for this summer, and not only that, but uh, making some major changes and shifts in our next gen ministry. And so, I'm gonna give you a lot of great announcements today uh, and some things that we're doing, and so, some things that are brand new to you, some things that maybe you don't know yet. Uh, some of these might be familiar to you, but uh, I, I can't wait to talk about this. And, uh, and I just want to start today, let's just, uh, before, we, before we dive into any content, uh, let's just go to God in prayer. Let's just ask him to bless our time together and uh, just to bless this message. Lord, we love you, and God, we're just so thankful for you, and Lord, everything that you've done in our life. And Lord, today, as we dive into your word, and Lord, as uh, we talk about this next generation, Lord, we know that they are not lost. We know that they are not forgotten, Lord, but you have a special plan uh, for them and for their life. And so, Lord, we're going to celebrate that. And Lord, we're going to help us to be a church that would just champion this next generation, to raise up kids and students who follow after you, who know your heart, Lord, who know you well. And so, Lord, uh, our heart breaks for for this next generation. We want to do the best that we can as a church to equip them to know you, to love you, and Lord, to pursue after you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for it. Lord, we ask that you would bless our time together. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen, amen. amen. I'm going to jump right into the content today, everybody. Is that okay with you? Because I am, I I tell you, I, I had 28 pages of notes on the next generation. Yeah, you don't That's crazy. Usually, my messages are about ten pages of notes. I got. I'm not giving you all twenty eight pages of content this morning. I I I narrowed it down. So you're welcome. You're going to get out of here on time. Still make brunch or whatever you wherever you're going. So, uh, but I do want to jump into the content real quick because I believe that there is an all out war for this next generation. I really do. And uh, and this is not just uh, not this not is not just for this next generation. This has happened, by the way, for every generation. I believe. And when you really study scripture, you've seen, I think you can see that the enemy has always been at war with your kids and with your children. And because he just knows that if he can just get a hold of that next generation, that he can make a serious impact, not just, not just on that generation, but on the whole world. And so the next generation is so important. And so today, I told you I'm jumping right into content. I'm just telling you that I'm, I'm titling this message, We're Fighting for a Generation. Fighting for a Generation. And I want to talk to you about some of the ways that we're going to invest as a church in this next generation and some of the, some of the things that we're going to do because I, listen everybody, I do not want our kids falling prey to the devil. I, we've, we've seen, I think we've seen it too much and I, I'm, I'm standing up here, I'm starting this message today just telling you that we are starting a war with the enemy and we're going to fight for our children. We're going to fight for our kids. We're going to fight for our students and I just think that there is no time better to talk about it than we're talking, it's graduate, many of you graduated this weekend or last week, I mean, it, it's all on our minds, and so I just wanted to, I just, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what this next generation looks like, and so I'm, I'm telling you, I hope that you're going to see more passion, I think you're going to see more passion from me today than maybe you have in a little while, because this message has just been stirring in my soul for the past couple months, and I tell you, we've been praying, uh, we've been meeting with our teams, we've been working, we've been working real hard. Uh, at this church to, uh, to come up with a plan, with a model, and, and a model that, by the way, changes from time to time, because kids change from time to time, and so the model changes, but, uh, but the core things that I'm going to give you today don't, and so I, I want to I give you a new model, and then I want to show you the core at the end of the message, but today, like I said, we're going to announce some things, we're, we're going to declare war on the enemy, and I just, here, here's my ask for you, church, you ready? Would you just step up? What I'm going to ask you to do today, throughout this message, is I need our church to step up. Like this is an area that I think, I think it's worth fighting for, and so I'm 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 excited. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm just going to ask you to step up for it today. And so this message is in three parts. I'm going to preach to you first. And so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a little bit of God's word up front, and then I'm going to give you our plan as a church, and then four applications that every single one of us can do as we go home. All right. So that's that's my plan. That's my roadmap for the message today, and I believe that we're going to see this generation changed in Jesus' name. I'm excited for it. So, let me start. I'm going to start kind of sad. Okay, this is I I hate to hate to do this for you. Usually, I tell you a joke off the top, and uh, I'm actually going to give you one of the saddest scriptures I think is that's that's in all of Scripture, Um, in the in the entirety of the Bible. This is one of the (laughs) I think this is a scripture that should that should break our heart, and I'll set it up for you. The scriptures in the Old Testament uh, in the book of Judges. Now, in the book of Judges, to tell you where God's people are, God had a, by the way, if you don't understand the whole Old Testament, the whole Old Testament just leads up to one person whose name is Jesus. And so it's all a foretelling of, this is just, it's telling the story of Jesus, basically Jesus' entire family up to the point where he was born. And so God's people, God's chosen people, the children of Israel, they were in slavery. They were in captivity in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. And we talked a little bit about this last week, how this guy Moses came by and let my people go. And it took 10 different times. And they finally freed God's people from slavery in Egypt. And they escaped. They, not, the funny thing is, is not only did... So Pharaoh decided to free God's people from slavery in Egypt. But then a little while later, he decided he changed his mind. And so then he runs back after. He wants to go capture them again again and God's people get up against this big sea called the Red Sea, and there's nowhere else to go. Pharaoh's army is back there trying to capture God's people, and what, what does God do? Well, God performs a miracle through Moses and literally splits the Red Sea in half. Many of you, you know that story uh, in Scripture, and they walk through on dry land. So there's, there's a miracle there, and then these people are out in the wilderness. They're 40 years out in the wilderness, and you say, well, what do you do out in the wilderness? There's no food out in the wilderness. Well, Well, God provided manna. He provided bread every day. Bread from heaven, everyone, like, just to feed them. So, like, another miracle. And then, finally, God settles them into this promised land, a, mi- a land flowing with milk and honey, like, this this beautiful place. They finally, I talked to you last week about the walls of Jericho coming down. They destroyed, they walked around the city seven times, and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Like, you've probably seen these Bible flashcards somewhere, or maybe you heard these in Sunday school. Like, but what I'm telling you is what is happening here is God is performing miracle after miracle. I mean, there is a sign of Him time and time again. And here they are, living in the promised land, the land with milk and I mean just the, this place that God had always promised them. They're residing in the promises of God, and I want you to look at what the scripture says. It says... So they're they're residing in God's miracles. And it says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or even remember the mighty things that He had done for Israel. They didn't even remember the miracle that God had got them out of slavery. They didn't remember the miracle of of God parting a sea for them to walk through on dry ground. They didn't remember the, the miracle of where they're living in the promised land. They, you had a group, you had a generation of people who had experienced the miracles, miracle after miracle of God. They had seen everything that God had done. Their parents knew God, but this next generation didn't even know Him. And it's a shame Because literally the next verse says that they did evil in the sight of God. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And let me just ask you this. Do you feel like our world is doing evil in the eyes of the Lord right now? I I think it's an absolute yes. Now whose fault is it? And can I just tell you that we have... We've not. I I don't feel like we've done our part to pass it down to the next generation. We haven't shared the miracle after miracle that the ways that God has shown up in our life, the goodness, the favor, the mercy that God has given us. I. I I just. we, We have a responsibility, church. We have a responsibility, whether you're a natural parent or a spiritual parent some of you may have walked in here today and you're like, well, I don't got any kids. I don't have a, I don't have a care in the world about the next generation. Listen, you might be a spiritual parent to somebody. And so you you don't have to have your own. You might be an aunt, uncle, maybe just a mentor or teacher, just a friend. But God wants all of us. Can I tell you that God doesn't want us fighting with the next generation. He wants us fighting for them. And too many times the older that we get, I'm only 25 years old, and I'm talking about those darn kids, you know? Like, <laughs> ain't that, yeah. That's how it works. The older that we get, like, the, the more cynical we are towards, towards the next generation. Ain't that right? And I'm just, I'm just here to remind us, church, that we're not fighting with them. We need to fight for them, and they need us, and you have a part to play. You have a part to play, and we have to fight. And so a part of fighting if you, know anything, if you know anything about fighting, I hope you don't. But if you do, if you know anything about fighting, you gotta, you got to build a plan and you got to educate everyone involved. It's two, two things. We need a plan and we got to educate the people involved. And so let me just start by educating you a little bit on this next generation. Can I do that? Yeah. You, you ready for some facts? I mean, these are just, I'm just going to give you facts today. These are the statistics about the next generation. I want to start by talking about Gen Z. Generation Z. These are the people born between 1995 and 2010. I fall into this category, by the way. Crazy. So, they're the ages of 13 to 28 today. This is one-fourth of all Americans, by the way. A fourth of our country is Gen Z. That's 74 million people, a part of this generation. And I gave you, I gave you the statistics on Gen Z last year a little bit, um, but I also want to give you, because there's this, there's this other generation that I don't think is talked about a lot, but is, is really important, especially nowadays, it's Gen Alpha. Now, I don't know if you've heard that term, Gen Alpha. There's been a couple different, a couple different names for this generation. Uh, what, what Wikipedia settled on is Gen Alpha, so that's what I'm, what, that's what I'm giving it to you for. The, and Gen Alpha is born between 2010 and those born today. So it's, it's your newborns to 13-year-olds. And let me give you a couple of statistics, some ideas about these generations, because these are two very unique generations than we've, of course, what we've ever seen before. These generations, both Gen Z and Gen Alpha, these are kids who grew up in the post 9 11 era. So they've experienced multiple wars. Many of them are now, we've all experienced this global pandemic but not only did you experience it, but our kids grew up in it. And so like, so, so they went through this. And by the way, it was a global pandemic. This is also kind of nicknamed, these two generations are kind of nicknamed the global generation. Because what may be different than when you grew up is the fact that technology has advanced so much that now kids are not just connected with their neighbors. They're not just connected with their family members. They're not just connected to people in the United States, everyone through social media, through video games, they're globally connected with people all across the world. So it's a, they have this, they have a different mentality than many of us had when we grew up because they just, the world is at their fingertips. They have it. In fact, another nickname is that they're, they're digital natives, is what, what they would call Gen, Gen Z and Gen Alpha. They never knew, these are kids, listen, I, I, I never knew what life was like before technology. I grew up with technology. I, I, I mean, technology has advanced a lot, but I've, I've never known life without technology. These are kids who have always had some sort of technology in their life. They are more connected than ever, but they're also more disconnected than ever. You feel that? That Yeah, they might be connected with one another on social media, but they're the loneliest generation we have. And can I also tell you that... So, Talk about Gen Alpha here for just a minute. <laughs> an, an interesting thing that an article somebody I, I had read that somebody wrote this week said that Gen Alpha's first babysitter was the iPad. Yeah, I, and I'm not I'm not guilting anyone. I'm just I'm just giving you the facts that, that their their babysitter's the iPad. In fact, they said that by the time Gen Alpha is seven years old, they will have spent one and one whole year of their life in front of a screen. By the time they're seven, 43% of these generations, 43% of our kids today are growing up in a home without a father. 43% don't have a father. I think that ought to break our heart. I, I, I'm just, I'm, like I said, I'm just giving you facts. And, it's, and we see issue after issue and not only that, but how many of you know that, like, your kids have developed their own language? Like, like there's, there, there's always been kind of, like, some different language with each generation. And, and these kids, they, they, of course, they have their, their own language. And how, I, what I want to do today is I just thought, you know, since I didn't start with anything fun, I wanted to, I wanted to do something a little fun. And so I wanted to help you parents, your guardians, you, you, your teachers. Can I educate you a little bit on the, on the language of Gen Z? Can I do that? Are you ready for this? I've been so excited. I've told our team all week long. I've been so excited to do this. It's going to be so much fun. All right, here's the language. For you parents, you need to know this. Here's a word that Gen Z uses. (laughs) Drip. And some of you are thinking, oh, like the faucet, drip. Uh, No, no. Uh, Drip is, (laughs) I, I love these things. It's an adjective to describe your outfit. It's a similar word to swag, you know? And so you might say... Pastor Noah, wow, that outfit, drip, you know, I, I, that's, that's, uh, that's what, amen, you know, yeah, that's, (laughs) by the way, I, hey, a cool little shout out, Uh, a a high school, a a guy in Murfreesboro High School made this t-shirt, and I bought it from him, that was one of their class projects, and so it was a Christian, I think you ought to buy them out of T-shirts, by the way. So just go and just look up Bible Complex. But yeah, this outfit is drip, everyone. And so uh, yeah. <laughs> you take that. Here's another one, cringe. Uh, some of you, this is what some of you kids are feeling right now with me talking about this. This is, <laughs> this is a secondhand embarrassment. And, uh, and, and so, so you think your parents are cringe? You know, that, that's, that's, that's what you think. Let's talk about sus. Sus? It just, uh, it, it just simply means suspicious. Mind blowing, right? I mean, it's suspicious. And so, parents, I'm going to help you with this one, all right? You, you're going to take some advice, take some help? All right. Nobody wants help. Okay. Here's what you do when you ask your kid, hey, where are you going or who are you texting? And they're like, and they don't respond, they don't say anything. You just, here, you write this down. This can be the best note you get. You just respond to them and say, well, that's just kind of sus. That's all, that, that's all you got to say. And they'll be like, what? Where did you learn that? Stop going to church. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay. I asked Emily if this was a real thing. And, and I practiced it with Emily last night. And I can't think, period, period. No, she says I'm wrong. I practiced it all night last night. I can't even remember how to say it. It's a period with a T. Uh, periods. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you're like, this is no, I was like, there's no way this is really a thing. I mean, uh, but, but it is. And so if, if you're wondering like me, this is just an end of the statement emphasizer. For example, uh, that's the best ice cream, periods. We used to use exclamation points, and uh, now we just use periods. And uh, and so, like, there's no, (laughs) there's no church like City Hope Church, period. Right? Amen? Like, yeah, that's what what we got. All right? This is one that Pastor Tyler taught me this week. Riz. Riz. He he said that one kid at Youth Group asked, were you risen up your wife? And he's like, whoa, what does that mean? (laughs) All it means is charisma. So, it's just, it's like. You got some game, boy. You know, it, 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 yeah, Risk. Yeah, I don't know where, where the kid was going with that. Uh, we'll just move on to the next one. Slaps. Slaps. This is, the last, <laughs> this is the last one. This just simply means that something is really good. It slaps. And so what I want to do, I, I just want to propose this to you, to, uh, to please the next generation today and maybe for the future, is uh, a little culture change here at City Hope. Uh, no more... I know you guys like to amen me and everything else like that or, like, preach it or whatever. Just say, hey, Pastor Noah, that slaps. That slaps. Just just yell that. Yeah, yeah. So amen, no, that slaps, you know. And so (laughs) are you connecting with the next gen? Uh, That slaps. That's right. That slaps. Period. Amen. Slaps. All right. We got, we got to move on. I got so much important stuff to tell you, but I, I, had, I had to do this. Okay. All right. Let's, I, I should have thought about this transition a little bit more. We're going from that slaps to, let's talk about the bad news about Gen Z. Okay. But seriously, okay. Let's talk about some serious stuff. The bad news about Gen Z, two thirds of them have left or are currently leaving the church. I gave you that statistic about three weeks ago terrible statistic. I mean, the, the worst statistic that you can see is that they, are, they have left or they are leaving the church. Another one is that they're twice as likely to become an atheist. Remember, they're kind of, they're globally connected. The technology's at their fingertips. They kind of think that they've ruled the world. And so, they don't have to rely on anybody else. And so, they're twice as likely to become an atheist. And if one should break your heart, I think it ought to be that only 3% of them are reading their bible. And then so what I didn't give you is there was another statistic that polled Gen Z Christians and asked how often or or you know do you, do you read your bible and only 42% of them who are Christians said they own and read a bible. That's out of the Christian population. And so Half of the three percent, everyone less than half of the three percent, or even in, in the Word of God. And these stats break my heart because I, I think what we're looking at is the judges' generation. That we've we've seen a generation who just we just we just haven't passed it down yet. Let's just let's talk about the miracles that God is doing. Let's talk about the mercy He's. We, we, we have a generation who knew God, but they just didn't know how to transfer it. And I'm telling you, at, at, at our church, we're, we're, always, we're always doing something. But we're, <laughs> we're, doing a, we're doing a lot of things. And it, you're going to see in the next couple months for this next generation ministry. Because as your pastor, this has to change. It has to change. There is no future of the church without these guys. And so, it, so something has to change. And so, but here's the deal. Most people would look at these statistics and they would say, well, Pastor, the odds are against us. <laughs> how, how could we ever do that? But I've literally learned to say in my life that when things look grim like this, that I, you need to look at it through a different lens and say, you know what? That might be what it is right now, but God is for us and he can change it. He can do it. And so, you know, you know what this shows me? When I look at these statistics, I, I say, well, man... There's 97% of young people who are just eager to learn and read God's word on a daily basis. 97%. They need it. They need it. In fact, I'll, just, I'll give it to you like this. By the way, none of this is in your notes because I just didn't have room. And so you're just, you note takers, I'm sorry. But I just say like this, most would look at the current state of Gen Z as a problem, but I think City Hope should look at them as our greatest opportunity. This is, the, this is the opportunity to make the greatest impact anywhere else on any other generation, this next generation. So let's lean into this opportunity, and let's, 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 let's change this generation for Jesus. Are you with me, church? Yes. Say it slaps. slaps. Yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> so now that I've educated everyone, what's the plan, Pastor Noah? Well, I want to tell you the, the plan for our church to reach this generation. We have, we have a next-gen ministry that is not random. It's very intentional. Everything that we do, we're going to be as intentional as possible. And so I'm going to inform you on some stuff that you might not know uh, and some stuff that's going to be brand new to you because, we've, like I said, we've been working hard on this. And so we're listening to you. We're listening to your parents. And so i want to go through a couple things uh, that, uh, to, to give, you, give you some exciting updates. I need Emily, Laura, and Becky. Come on up. All right. First, I want to talk about our leaders really quick because this is where we're making one major shift. Uh, I will tell you that my beautiful wife has been leading our kids ministry since it was a thing, right? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And, and so, anyway, yeah. You can clap. She's been down there serving your kids every weekend, and so yeah, you better clap. No, <laughs> no. But Emily has been doing that uh, for uh, for the entirety of. Our kids ministry and Laura has also been leading our youth group for the entirety of the youth ministry. And so that's serious dedication. And so they have done up to this point, they have done a great job. But um, what we're going to do and and as of as of a couple weeks ago, I I just had a heart to heart talk with Emily and uh, and just and was just pouring out my heart about all these statistics and just saying this something needs to change. And uh, and I have invited Emily uh, to step up. And I, what we're going to do is the last, so the kids and students, they have been two separate ministries for the entirety of this time. And so what we're doing is now I'm going to put Emily in a next-gen director role. And so what we're doing is we're we're, we're putting the two ministries under one wing so that all of a sudden now everything is fluid. Now everything has the same vision. We're all going in the same direction. They're not acting as two different entities. Now we are pastoring your kids from birth all the way through high school and college under the same vision and direction because we want to make sure that when you're if you raise your kid at City Hope Church, we want to make sure that they know the like they know the Bible, that they're in love with the Word of God, that they know how to pray. I mean, just basic things. And so anyway, my beautiful wife is gonna step up and take care of that for me and lead the next generation. And so she's gonna she's gonna oversee. Laura is staying in her position, and Laura has a heart for your students. By the way, if you ha- if you don't know it, Laura loves your kids, and so what this is actually going to do is this is going to allow Laura to help pastor your kids better because. You need someone to go to the games, the basketball games, the football games, the soccer games. Like, you just, you need a pasture for your kids. And so, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna release Laura to just pasture your kids. So, she's gonna go to the games, the musicals, the graduations, the graduation parties, like all of it. Like, cause she's just gonna, she loves your kids. She's just gonna pasture your kids. And so, that's what Laura's, Laura's staying in the same position, but man, we're just gonna release her to pasture your kids as Emily just kind of takes care of the vision for each department. And then, would you welcome Becky? And uh, so, Emily left a vacancy in the kids department, and so we just prayed about it and just invited Becky, had a couple conversations with Becky, and she is going to be leading your kids on the weekends downstairs, and so she is going to be the face of that ministry, and so parents, if you need something, like... They, this is, go to Becky, go to Becky. He's, she's, your, she's your everyday connection to what's happening downstairs literally right now. And so I have to release them because they probably have to run and go where they need to go. But I just wanted to introduce you to them and so that you know who they are. Because these are the guys, this is the, the three fearless women of the church who are going to pastor this next generation that we're talking about. So can you give them a hand real quick? Hey, thank you guys. And so, hey, it's just important that you know the leaders. And so, because uh, I would encourage you, if you got if you got students, you got kids, talk to them, and they they want to pastor you. So that's first. We need the right people, in the right positions. And and we've never, we I'll tell you the unique thing about our church at this point is we've never been so structurally organized than we are now. And so it's just a it's a it's a beautiful thing. And so I'm excited to release those guys into ministry. And then I want to tell you about not just the people. But let me walk you through some quick things about each ministry. Let's start with the children's ministry. Here's our plan. Here's our plan of action to attack. Uh, attacking kids kind of sounds weird. So uh, <laughs> to pastor your children. How about that? All right, let's, let, let's do that. First, if, if you go down there right now, they're probably in the middle of some very engaging, high-energy, dance motions type of worship. Like It's, it's a lot of fun. And so the first thing that we're passionate about down there is we just want them to engage in worship, to understand what, by the way, true biblical worship is not just hands in your pocket singing a hymn. The book of Psalms lays it out really clearly to you that you lift up your hands, you shout, you dance. I mean, worship looks more like worship downstairs in the kids' room than it did in this room today. And so, just by the way, and so we're just teaching them, we're just teaching them how to worship. And, that, and, and we're just making serving God attractive to them. And it, it's a blast. I tell you, <laughs> some of y'all maybe need to start in worship down there, you know, and then come up here. We'll, we'll see. And so engaging praise and worship, small group ministry. So these are some core things that happen, not just like I'm not just passionate about you guys being in small groups, for, uh, but our kids developing connections. These are age-specific, gender-specific small groups that they're in downstairs so that kids can share what's on their hearts and by the way, those kids open up probably a whole lot more than what your small group does. You would be amazed at what some of those kids say and that they're willing to talk to their small group leader about. And just some, I'm just, if you knew some of them, it would just break your heart. And so this is, this is a, an important part where kids just get to be heard by somebody, all right? So they're, and not only that, but in those small groups, there's discipleship that's happening, so they share an issue, and then that small group leader's there to speak life into them. There's training happening. It's all happening inside that small group ministry. I also want to tell you about the consistent curriculum that we're doing, meaning that our curriculum is going somewhere. So it it builds on top of each other, that every time your kids come to church, that it's continuing to build. It's not just random. It's not just, well, I think we're going to talk about King David today. no, It is, it's a, we have a strategic plan in place for your kids, if if, I promise you, if you, if you raise your kids with us, that they're going to, they're going to go through the entirety of the Bible, that they're going to, they're going to see every major story in scripture. The preschoolers go through every major story. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's all on purpose. And so we want them to know the word of God. And not only do we want them to know the word of God, we want them to love it. It should be something that they love. And so that's why, by the way, for you parents, consistency is so important. Consistency. Because when, you've, when you skip, you're skipping lessons that they need, that are on their level, like they need them. I could talk to you about that all day. Next, this is a major thing. Top-notch kids' environments. For far too long, downstairs has just been portable. That's uh, that's what what it is. It it is literally, we took the stuff that we were going to use at the theater, and we set it up in a room downstairs. Nothing has been done but paint on the walls to that room downstairs. And so I am excited to announce to you today that we are getting ready to invest some serious resources in that room downstairs, and we are going to make it the best place to bring your kids in southern Illinois. We only have a little bitty spot to do it in, all right? However... We're—I mean—we're pulling out all the stops, and we're—we're—we are going to make it one of the best places right there downstairs, where your kids are excited to be there. Where it looks right now, it is not intentional. The banner—it's just a banner. Right? It's a fifty-dollar—if you want a fifty-dollar banner, you can take it home, everybody. City Hope Kids on your garage door. Uh, but <laughs> I'm telling you, like we—we just—we have not invested in it, and this year we're investing in it. And I'm telling you, we're—we're we're investing some serious resources downstairs. I'll tell you one of the big things that we're doing, one of the big reasons why we're doing this. I made this smart little drawing up here. And so uh, (laughs) this is my architect plans, okay? This is the kids' room right now. or It's what the kids' room is going to be. The major thing that I just wanted to show you is right now we just have one large room and one large opening right there. And there is no security lock, nothing on the door. Like it's just in and it's just out. And so one thing that we're doing is we are creating a space that... (laughs) has doors that lock everyone. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's just the simple things. But other than that, um, right now, your nursery, your, your babies and your preschoolers are all in the same room. And when there is 15 of them at a time, which is probably like right now in this service, it is very hard to wrangle in that little bitty room with babies and preschoolers. And so we're creating up front here, we're creating a dedicated nursery just for your just for the babies. And then back here will be the preschool, and then we're going to have a great big elementary room environment. And so we're we're going to do some construction work downstairs that is intentional for our kids that works every Sunday. And I want you to be able to bring your kids to church and for them have a. They need to leave down there and be like, go to school and be like, you gotta see, like you gotta come to church with me on Sunday. That's what we're creating, and so a a clean, safe, new environment. And, uh, and like I, talk, I told you, like, safety is huge, and it's important to us. And so, like, we just need some doors that lock, and so we're, we're doing that. Uh, and then also, I'm telling you, I'm excited just about the technology that you're going to see in this room. The technology, the activities, the games, the different things that we're doing it is going to be the wow factor. When, I promise you, when you walk in this place, you're going to be, and I encourage you, even if you don't have kids, when it's done, walk through it. Come and see it, because it's, it's awesome. And guess what, everybody? Here's the coolest thing. You ready? I'm not up here today to raise money for it, because it's all been paid for already. Because of your vision offering last year, one of the focuses was on People was on facilities, and so one of the things that we're doing. By the way, we don't. I just, I just love that I get to say this. We don't have to have a special offering to make this happen. It's already happening, and so ain't that awesome? Like it's, it's a part of the budget, and so it's. So I, I can't wait for you to see it, and uh, it's, it's going to be fantastic. What I do want you to note is demo day. All right, (laughs) and so here's what I would love is, is if I could get a few guys June 18th after church. We're going we're gonna to tear some walls down. We're going to move some, like, we're pulling up some carpet. Like, all that, that gross purple carpet, got to go. And so, hallelujah. And, uh, and so, it, it's going. So, I need your help. Would you just mark that after church? If, if a bunch of people pitch in, we're going to be here for 20, 20, 30 minutes. And so, uh, would you help us out with that? Um, June 18th, and by the way, that's when I'm hoping, that might, if I, cha- if I change the date, I'll let you know. But I'm hoping that that's when construction is going to start down there. And I have been working with our contractors to tell them that, hey, we are in a very unique situation. We have church every seven days, and so this project, <laughs> it needs to start on Sunday and end on Saturday. And so we need to have church. We will see if that works. As you, as you know, uh, it probably will not. So we might, we might have a family service up here and uh, in between time. But it'll be all right. But June the eighteenth, guys, mark that, mark that date down. Help us. Uh, Help us demo the downstairs. That'd be great. All right. You got it? Say that slaps. (laughs) All right. City Help Youth, let's talk about this. This is where we see tons of opportunity uh, to make an impact with our students. And so starting in June, uh, we did this last year, and it had a huge impact for us. We're doing it again. We're moving to summer at the rec, uh, and these are the dates, June the 14th, 21st, 28th, and July the 12th. The reason that it's those dates is because we have a first Wednesday service every first Wednesday, and that service, all the youth are invited to that first Wednesday service. So mark these dates down, but we are going to have a blast this summer at the Murfreesboro Rec Center. If you don't know where it's at, it's just literally down the street. If you know where Dairy Queen is, it's just right, right across from Dairy Queen in the library there, and so just keep going. We had a great time last year, and so we're going we're, we're gonna to do it again and as many of you know, this building is not quite fit for us for running kids and some of them some of the some of the 5th graders that are upgrading into 6th grade, they just want to run in circles. They just want to run in laps and it gets it just like the ceiling tiles are falling down you know if they're downstairs where they're running laps up here. So we're, we're 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 moving to the rack. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, there this summer. And then the unique thing and the, the the great thing about that kids remodel that I just told you about is that that elementary f- space is actually going to double for us. I, I, we're going to use it as well on Wednesday nights uh, for our junior high and high school space as well. So the technology and stuff is gonna be, that's going to be in there is going to be absolutely incredible. And so we're going to be able to use it for both. So it's, it's really helping us in both ways. And so that's Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights for your, for your students in 6th through 12th grade. Um, and then we'll also be talking about your fifth graders. There'll be, a, there'll be an update here shortly about moving your fifth graders who just graduated up into youth group. We'll have an invite for them. And so just stay put there. Um, but that's happening on Wednesday nights. And then I want to talk to you. I told you about the first Wednesday of every month. We have this first Wednesday service in this room. All of our youth... Uh, are invited to that first Wednesday service. And the cool thing about the one happening just in a couple weeks in June is that the youth are going to take over the service. And so this is going to, excuse me, this is going to, ah, geez, this is going to be YSKO, the youth summer kickoff on June the 7th. And so join us for first Wednesday. We'll still have your food trucks and everything else, but we're throwing a huge after party after the service just for your students. So there's going to be, Inflatables, games, prizes, giveaways, all kinds of stuff. There's even going to be some pre-service games up here before service. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So the, so the youth group is taking over first Wednesday this month. We'd love to, we'd love to have you. And then the rest of the month at, at, at Summer at the Rec. I mean, literally, it's, we're throwing a party basically every week. And not just that, but they will be paired with, uh, with teaching on their level. And then they will be in grade specific small groups at the youth group as well. And so we want to get those kids into our small group, uh, our small group ministry as well. And so that's all going to be happening. That's every Wednesday. It's a lot of announcements here, but I hope that you'll consider having your students join us uh, as we are really focusing. We're going to make this, it was really good last year. We're going to make it that much better this year. So we're super excited about all of that. And then I want to tell you about another thing that, um, that we're, I'm going to push for with you today is that we want to have, uh, I, what I want to ask is, I've, this is my ask for you, church, okay? This is hard. It's hard for me to ask you for things, but I do want to ask you for things, all right? My ask for you is that we are looking for passionate leaders because if you show up to youth group and you're just a fill-in for someone or somebody The kids know. The kids know that you don't want to be there. They know it. And so I'm looking for people who, if this message, if these statistics break your heart, then you need to have a conversation with Laura, with Emily, with Becky, with myself, after service, and I want you to join us and be a part of our our next gen program because we need people who are passionate for this next generation. And I'm asking us as a church to step up And take care of our students. And so that happens in a lot of different ways. Like there's a set-up tear-down team. There's greeters. There's Some some of you, the beautiful thing about youth group is you just got to show up and play the games with the kids. Like play nine square. Play gaga ball. Play connect four. I don't know. You know, whatever. Like just play the games. Like all of that is there. But what I want to specifically ask, because some of you are in this room and you're saying, well, Pastor Noah, I just have a passion. I just have a heart for this. Some of you, I want you to step up and be a small group leader for me. Because can I just tell you this? Every kid, just like Laura, I'm, I'm encouraging Laura to do it all and to, to, to meet, the, meet the kids and go to the graduation parties and do all that. But we need more. We need more Laura. We need about 20 more Laura's. And so I'm asking for 20 more Laura's today. Because every kid needs a pastor that can go to their football games, that knows their name. I mean, they... They need someone that that buys them some ice cream every once in a while. And so I'm looking for some passionate small group leaders. And the ask is, is I want you to be passionate about it, not just for the next week, but consistently. And can I just tell you why? The why is, is because someone, if you really think about it in your walk with Jesus, someone brought you in. There was a grandma that prayed for you. There was someone who took you to VBS. (laughs) There was a Sunday school teacher who made an impact on you. There was a coach that helped develop you and make make you a godly man or woman. And I'm telling you, this generation is the most unchurched generation in our age. 67%, by the way, say that 67% of Gen Z say that if they were just invited to church, they would come to church. 67% are just waiting for an invite. But many people say, well, Pastor Noah, I can't be a smoke group leader. I can't be involved in the, in the youth ministry because I'm too old. I'm too old. I just feel too old. You would, you would never guess how many people say, well, I just feel too old. And can I just tell you, if you say that, can I just tell you, you are perfect. <laughs> if you feel too old, you are the perfect person to do this for me. Because remember that statistic that said 43% of kids are without a father? Think about this. Our students, you know what they need more than, more than you being cool or knowing the words that I just gave you? <laughs> they need a mom. They need a dad. They need, they need someone to take care of them. I'm telling you, when you're a small group leader with our, with our students, you're going to be a mom to those kids. You're going to be a father to those kids who don't have a father. I'm telling you, they need it. In fact, we just attended a conference not too long ago, and we went to a youth breakout session. We're just, we're, we're just trying to eat all this up. We're just trying to find out what's working. <laughs> and at the end of the roundtable conference, they just, everyone just said, you know what's working? Old people. <laughs> I and mean, honestly, that's, it's just, they just said moms, dads, the ones that are just not cool at all. Like, you know what's working in youth ministry? It's that. You know why? Because of the statistic. Because they need a mom. They need a dad. And I'll tell you this, another statistic is every child needs at least one caring adult outside of their parents to help them in their formation of faith. And when they have that one, when they have that one caring adult, you, wouldn't, you can't imagine the statistics that change that help them grow spiritually. And so we're ramping up our leadership development, and so I, I, want, I want passionate leaders. And, uh, and so would you please, just right now, would you just consider that? And if that's you, have a conversation with us after church. And not only that, um, but then I also want to invite you. uh, If if you want to do that right now, literally on the app, on the front page of the app, you can literally click. I'm passionate about the next generation, and you can sign up and let us know, and we'll have a conversation with you. All right, gotta get moving. Want to talk about leadership development for our students as well, because this is another big thing. When I was a youth pastor, I had kids that discipled under me, and they were like they literally helped directly in ministry. They they just they led ministries while they were even in high school. And so what's the unique thing about that is is that I I didn't have students think about who they were dating or how they were or where they were going tonight or whatever. They were thinking about how can I be a small group leader in the children's ministry and how can I do this and how can I do that? Like, how can I lead worship? That's the type of stuff that they were thinking about. And it fired them up for purpose. And so, listen, we're not just called to just tell people, tell kids what not to do. Instead, let's call gifts out of them and let's say, listen, this is how we can change the world. And so, this is why I want to talk to you. Okay, leadership development. I want to tell you about the summer internship that we're having at the church for those high school and college age kids. I would love for you, just come and be a part of the leadership here at City Hope. Learn from us. Do Let's just do ministry together. And it's just it's once a week on a Wednesday. Our staff will pour into you. We had a great response to this last year. We had... In fact, we had so many kids, we're, we actually have to do now, today, we have to do um, basically an interview process if you're, if you're interested in it. So uh, what I need you to do today is if you'd like to apply for our summer internship this year, go on the app, fill out the form. It'll take you about five minutes to just fill out the form. Let us know who you are, and we'd love to have you here, a part of the ministry here at City Hope, and let's, let's change, we can change the world together, everyone. So like, let's just put our students in some, in some roles that change the world, all right? And that's really what I wanted to also tell you about our college ministry, is that if you're in college, my encouragement to you is that I need you to get into a small group, find a small group, go to a small group, and then also be a part of some leadership. And I'm, I'm determined to put some of these kids, some of these college students, in key places around our church. And I'm convinced that if we would just train them and just champion them, it would do, I could, I could tell you story after story, that's my story, everyone, that I, it's how I got involved in ministry. And so I can't tell you all that. I gotta move. Alright? Let's go to, let's get to the points because I gotta I gotta release you because I've talked a lot. Alright? Let's talk about our fight plan. So I've given so I've given you our fight plan. I've told you, I I've educated you on it, but now let's let's talk about what doesn't change. So the model changes, right? And so what we're doing, Summer at the Rack, and all these new things with youth group and all this different stuff, that changes. That's fluid. But there are four core things in our church that don't change when it comes to our students. And can I tell you, this is not just with our students. This is also for you. Let's talk about this. Right relationships. You need to be in right relationships. In fact, one of the most important decisions of your entire life is the friends that you choose. It's those relationships. And right now, you are the sum total of the relationships that you have up to this point. It's true. And so that's why, by the way, if I asked you to name the last ten sermons that I preached... You could not name the last 10 sermons. I cannot name the last 10 sermons that I preached. But if I asked you to name 10 people who made an impact, good or bad, on your life, you could You give me the list right now. Because relation, you are shaped by your relationships. Your life is shaped by those relationships. And if I know anything about fighting for this next generation, here's what I know. Is that a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is, is what he is really like, is shown by the kinds of friends that he chooses. One of the most important decisions that you'll ever make in your life is relationship decisions. It just simply is. And that's why we have to fight for our kids. Proverbs 13 says it like this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And can I just tell you this, get your kids around a bunch of fools and guess what? The police is going to get called sooner rather than later, right? Like, that's the that's Noah Fritchie paraphrase of this verse. It's just like, don't get your kids around a bunch of fools. And listen, uh, in, instead, what if, as you parent them, invite them and say, hey, you know, I know you like him or I know you like her or whatever, but listen, we're not going there. Instead, let's make them a part of what we do. Like, like I know if, if, you, if you like them that much, let's, let's bring them to youth group. Let's take a motion conference. Let's see, like, we're not hanging around a bunch of fools, everyone. Like, we're just, let's make that decision. And young people, I know there's probably a little tension in this room already because (laughs) you, you don't like to hear that. But you are shaped by your friends. You're shaped directly by them. In fact, I'll just say it like this. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And that's why we have small groups, not just for students, but also for adults. Because adults, you need this too. You need the right relationships. And so you need to be around friends that have a positive influence on you. And I'll even take it a step farther today. I know I preach about small groups all the time, but it's not just about small groups. But one of the best decisions that you could ever make, parents, for your kids, is just to simply go to church. Have some time spiritually with them. Psalm 92.13 says, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. I'll say it like this because I'm totally out of time, so I hope that you know takers are keeping up. I'll say it like this, if your kids are planted, the promise is they will prosper. So planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That verse goes on to say, like they, not only will they flourish, but they will continue to flourish in old age. And so we have a responsibility. If you want them to prosper, I'm just, let me just ask you, don't skip church. Don't have them do their own thing. Get them planted in the house of God. And it, I, and listen, can I just get everybody's attention real quick? Real quick. Eyes up, I know you're taking notes. Eyes up here. I say this with complete love. And I almost didn't put this in here because I, I know where this goes from here. But this is all I'm going to say. Complete love as your pastor. But there is a 0. .0296% chance that your child will become a professional athlete. And some dad right now just said, so you're telling me there's a chance, Pastor Noah. There's a chance. (laughs) And there's a 100% chance that your child is going to stand before Jesus one day. And can I just ask you what the most important thing is in their life? And I say it with all love and conviction, and I'm just asking you, make this the priority of your life. all right, that's all I need to say. Second one. Yeah, period. Yep, that's right. Number two, we need, to, we need to help our kids and we need to help you discover their God-given design. Every one of us, we're living according to a design. You're living your life according to values that you have right now based on yourself. You're, that's how you're living. And many of us, we just, we just don't have the right idea about ourselves. And so some of us, our past has shaped us. Our, 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 our mistakes have shaped us. Our relationships have shaped us. And you're living out a script, but it's not God's script. It's the wrong script. And most people don't even know what God's script is. That's the tragedy. Is most people don't even know what God had them on this earth for this life for. And a lot of you, you have a voice running in your head and all these opinions outside. And you, you just simply don't know what God's will is for your life. Listen knowing God's purpose silences people's opinions. And so that's why one of the greatest things you could ever discover, and what we're fighting for, is for you to know why you're on this planet. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for my holy purpose. And I love to tell people all the time that, listen, God didn't just create you and think, oh man, what in the world am I going to do with him? What in the world am I going to do with Noah? Like, I got to. No, before you were born, he had a purpose for you. He had a purpose, and then he made you with it. And so it's important for us to discover that. Discover that purpose. And so we're helping your kids through small groups, through through different activities, through the teaching that we have in our kids and students' environments. Your preschoolers are learning. That they're made for a purpose, that God has a design for them. Your elementary kids. Pastor Laura is speaking life into them in high school and telling them that they're made for so much more than just whatever, than, than just being a, a doctor or, what, or a veterinarian or whatever, that you can do God's work too, that God has a specific assignment for you. And so... And I'm just telling you, your life will never make sense until you talk to the one who wrote the book of your life. <laughs> talk to him, all right? And number three, others first. Others first. If there is ever a principle that to teach this generation, I, I really think it's this one, the selfie generation. We have this obsession with self. And one of the greatest principles that you could ever, ever teach your kids, and also in your own life, by the way, is to just be others-focused. Philippians chapter 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Consider everyone else. Just picture this. What if we started thinking that everyone else was better than us? That's what it is. Like we're, we're valuing others. Everyone else is better than you. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. And listen, this is hard because kids are naturally selfish. Parents, you know that. <laughs> you know how selfish your kids are. And, and the tendency for not just kids, but for ourselves too, is to make life all about us. And can I tell you, when you make all life all about you, you will live a miserable, miserable life. and But if you would start making your life about others, I'm telling you, there's a switch that just flips. And all of a sudden, when you know that you're making a difference in the life of somebody else, man, there's just this natural joy, this natural happiness that just comes. In fact, doctors actually say now that when you do something for someone else, there's actually a chemical released in your brain that is a sensation of happiness. And how do you... How do you get that chemical released? It's when you do something good for someone else. I, science is even telling us. But the Bible's told us all along. I just say it like this, for you note takers, only a life lived for others is a life worth living. And we got to teach our kids that. We got to take them from the selfish idea that I'm going to be the influencer, I'm going to be this, that, the, I, and me, 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 me. No, we've got we've to get them focused. But their greatest need in life is to actually care for other people is to actually make a difference in someone else's life. And here's the last one, number four, authentic faith. One of the best gifts I could give your kids and students and you is to just live a life of authentic faith. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, if if there's authentic faith, obviously that suggests that there is a fake faith. (laughs) And I would say that yes, there is. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew chapter 15. Look at what he says. He says that there would, be, there would be a generation of people who would say, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So they honor me with the songs that they sing. They honor me with the scriptures that they read. They go to church, <laughs> but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules and I'm telling you we have a generation who looks at Christianity that looks at the church as just human rules. And they know a lot of Christians out there who just honor the Lord with their lips, who just come to church on Sunday morning, but they live their life in a totally different way. And I'm telling you this next generation, we are not going to win this next generation without authentic faith. You need to be the same, you need to be the same person when you come in this building and when you leave. That's what they're looking for for a genuine transformation. I promise you, I promise you. And that's why I'm telling you, that's why we need passionate leaders at youth group because I need people who are, who are the, the same person in youth group as, as what they live out there. We, we need it because this generation does not just, why would they wanna go through the motions? And can I just ask you the same thing today as I close? Is why would you just wanna go through the motions? What's the point of just coming to church on Sunday and just acting all holy and then leaving, not transformed? What's the point? To me, there's not. A, I wouldn't be doing this if that was the point. I'm not just gonna put on a mask to come in this room. Here, Christianity is a relationship, it's not a religion. And we're teaching that to your kids. They're learning about what Jesus, your, your elementary students are learning what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. Not just to know the right words. <laughs> Not just to memorize the right scripture, they're learning what it's like to have a true relationship with him. And if there's one message that I teach here at City Hope all the time, it's that you need to know the person behind the book. You need to be in a love relationship with Jesus. And parents, can I just put the pressure off of you for just a minute? You don't have to do that perfectly because you can't. <laughs> You're never going to. But what you can do, and what we can do as a church, is we can model it for our kids how much we do love God. Let your parents, let your kids wake up every morning and see you in scripture. Let your kids see it, not out of duty, not out of, Pastor Noah told me that I really needed to get into God's word. This, No, but because I'm genuinely in love with God. Listen, my mom and dad, they weren't perfect, but they modeled authentic faith for me and had a genuine love for God. That's how I came to faith. Not because someone preached so well, not because I took a class on how to take communion or how to be a good church member. <laughs> I was lucky enough to grow up in an environment where I went to a vibrant church and school where you could look around and you could see people who were just genuinely in love with Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's that genuine, passionate, it's, it's that that changes people. And it's that that your kids are gonna say, man, I want that. I want that relationship that they have. I'm longing for something real. I'll give you this last verse, Matthew 7. Not everyone who calls... This is my life verse, by the way. Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. We went to church every Sunday. We sang the songs. We took communion. But Jesus will reply... I never knew you. I never knew you. That word no, gnosko, means an intimate no, a relationship type of no. I'm telling you, if we're fighting for this generation, this next generation needs to intimately, truly know Jesus in a relationship, not just about him, more than just information. And so I'm committing to you right now, church. (laughs) I've ran you over five minutes of time, but I'll dismiss you. I'm going to make this commitment to you that we will do everything we can these four pillars to teach our kids, these four pillars to change this generation for Jesus. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. And Father, I just thank you for this next generation. Lord, I thank you that they're not lost or forgotten. But Lord, I thank you that instead instead of looking at it in a, in a grim state, Lord, ins- instead of that, Lord, we're looking at it as our greatest opportunity here at City Hope. And so Lord, give us the passion Lord, give us the love to love this generation. <laughs> Lord, help us to lead these kids. Lord, help us to make a difference in their life. Lord, I pray for every person maybe in this room who's on the edge. Of, Lord, I, I, you're, you're, you're tugging on their heart right now. You're telling them they need to they need to get involved and they need to they need to become a part of the play in this next generation. Lord, I pray that you would move on their heart, Lord, the right people. Lord, help them to be involved. And, Lord, that might not just be involved at the church. Lord, it might just be involved in their home with their kids. might be involved with some, uh, some that they just, Lord, the, the next generation, they just, they just encounter every day at work. Lord, I pray that you give them the next steps to take. And, Lord, give them hope for this next generation. Lord, I'm standing here today declaring war on the enemy that is after our kids. And Lord, we say that the enemy cannot have our kids and students. Lord, we, I I pray, Lord, that we would take ground in their life. Lord, help us to teach them passion. Help us to show them the passion that we have of following you and following after your word. And Lord, I pray for everything that we do this summer. I pray over our whole entire student ministry. Lord, as we kick off, Lord, as we kick off YSKO and Summer at the rack and Summer Blast and Motion Conference. Lord, I pray that you would bring the right ones to us, Lord. And Lord, more than just a great event, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you personally. Lord, I love you. And we pray this in your precious name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, let me lead you in that prayer really quick. Would you pray this after me? Pray this, believe it. Maybe maybe you've heard about this Jesus guy today. And you say, maybe you're part of that generation. You say, I need to surrender my life over to Jesus. I I don't just want to do the church thing, but I want to have a real relationship with him. Well, it all starts with this prayer. Pray this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you clap and celebrate all the people who pray that prayer?